Hey everyone, welcome to Lessons with Mike. I'm here today with a very special guest, Mr. Marwan, soon to be Dr. Marwan. Well, Dr. Mahmoud, they usually call you by your last name, but that no, is true. No, we're, you're Dr. First. You're going to break the trend. Yeah, I've always been a little different, so I'll take it. What's going on, Mike? Well, I'm just really excited to be talking with you now. Uh, I'm For those who don't know, uh, I met Marwan through my work. He was uh, doing his rotations for his third year of medical school, and I reconnected almost instantly. Yeah, man, it was it was just natural, man. It was, for you know, for you guys that don't know, Mike, he is just about the most pure-hearted person, the easiest person to, to talk to. So, you know, the fact that we've reconnected again after a few months off, and that you thought of me, you know, to invite me onto your podcast, it's really an honor, man. And and I'm super, super proud of you for getting this whole thing started. And I've listened to a few, a couple episodes of yours, and really, man, you're doing a great job. And I know you'll take this thing to hopefully above and beyond. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you bringing me on, man. Thank you so much. Now, Marwan, you, you might not know this, but you're actually only the second person I've met who is a Muslim. That I did not know. I will say you were extremely open-minded, though. So I, I remember that was something we kind of connected on very early because oh, yeah. you were well, curious. I noticed, yeah, I noticed you were doing your uh, the daily prayers and mm-hmm. I was asking questions, and you were very, uh, very helpful answering my questions. I hope I, would, I I tried really hard not to be annoyed or anything, but this is something I had never really heard before. Uh, the, the other person I met who was a Muslim was an older man. Uh, I didn't really talk to him that much, and he was in a few. He was in a class of mine, at community college. And when he sat next to me, and he let me borrow a pencil one. That was about it. Yeah, man, we're, we're yeah we're really good at doing that. That's like definitely our specialty. All Muslims just carry a pencil with them at all times, just in case. Just in case, yeah, man. Just to yeah, pause on that or pass on that positive influence, I guess, huh? Yeah. I, I and honestly, you were really helpful in explaining it to me, and I had so many questions. You were very helpful in, in answering all of them, and, and I can tell you're really devout. You really believe, and uh, you're really taking it to heart, and that's really good for you. That's all. That's awesome. Um, I'll say, I think I think faith is definitely a journey, regardless of what background you come from. Um, oh yeah, sure. Whether you, yeah, whether you identify as a Christian or or uh, Jewish or Muslim or Hindu or Buddhist, and everyone kind of has to find their own path, and everyone's journey is so unique. So, I've definitely had my own journey, uh, much like really everyone will. So, yeah, I'd be happy, of course, to answer questions, man. And and if, like, you got to realize, man, a lot of people in this country really know just about nothing about this religion, which is fascinating to me because, I mean, this is the core fundamental belief of 1.6 or 1.7 billion people on planet Earth, right? And it's, yeah. um, I mean, it's just, it's the second biggest religion behind Christianity. So I, I do think it's important for people of this country um, to understand what, you know, what do Muslims believe? Are they, are they all terrorists? Is that what, are they trying to take over the country? Is that really what's going on here? Or do they, do they hate Christians or, or are they loving peaceful people or, you know, and, and these are actually all very legitimate questions because, you know, a lot of people, maybe they'll tune into a certain news station or they'll be influenced by um, a certain sect that they keep honing in on. And it could feed a lot of hate, man. And, and that's actually, that's not just for Muslims. That's, I think that's, oh, yeah. that's for right? all different groups. Yeah, absolutely, man. And that's actually why I thought it would be a good idea to have you on here because I really want people to be more aware of this because I grew up in a very um, far right conservative area 
and just about everyone, like 90% of the people I interacted with growing up, probably more than that, were very conservative Christians, very traditionalists, uh, to the point where even Catholics were considered, you know, not real Christians, the sect I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And it's, for me, from my experience, there was a lot of exclusion. They're like, oh, these people don't believe exactly like we do. We can't trust them, so stay away from them. Stick to people who just believe what you do. And I believe that mentality is very harmful because if you don't have the ability to communicate with someone, then you're going to make them the enemy. And it's a very similar to what the Nazis did to the Jews. They dehumanized them. They're like, oh, these people aren't even human. And that's how, in their mind, they were able to do these terrible things. And I think that a lot of that is happening today, whether you be a Muslim or, or a member of the LGBT community or, or any minority group, really. People will demonize you and dehumanize you. And I think that's really unfortunate. I feel like a lot of this stems from an ignorance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more with everything you just said. It's, um, and I will say a, a beautiful, beautiful blessing that we have in this country is that we are extremely, extremely diverse. I mean, there is just about nowhere else on planet Earth that you can go to and see the many different backgrounds, the cultures, the colors, the different tongues and languages. You know, that's that's a blessing for this country. I Do I believe this country is the greatest uh, country on Earth? That's debatable only because what is greatness? But do I believe we have the greatest potential? I absolutely do. And that is because of the foundation of the diversity that we have in this country. And we need to use that to our advantage. And I think having conversations like this is definitely one step in the right direction. Um, so again, man, thank you so much and you know for having me on. And hopefully we can get started with, oh, yeah. with really the substance of what's going on here. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. I've got a few questions I've written down and I've thought about. And I really want to you know get, get whoever's listening a really deep understanding. So the first question, um, if you don't mind, like explain a little bit about your religious background and if you grew up uh, Muslim or if it was something you came to later, just explain a bit about your background, if you would. Sure, man. Yeah. So um, I was actually born in Egypt. Um, I, I'm 26 years old now. So I was born in Egypt and lived there for five years. And funny enough, we moved to the States in August of 2001. Well, let me tell you, moving in August of 2001 is a month before a very tragic, sad incident that happened and occurred in this country. So it was a tough time for my parents. Uh, my mom, who wears the hijab or the, the head veil on her head, is a very visible Muslim. So it was definitely struggles in the beginning, uh, in the beginning. but I was, like I said, very young to really experience and understand what was going on around. Now, like I kind of mentioned earlier, religion is a very, um, or faith more so, is a very unique experience to everyone. So have I always been Muslim by name? Yes. Now, have I always abided by the duties of a Muslim? I would say no. And it's taken a while to accept that. But, um, you know, all these journeys are very personal. So mm-hmm. I will say for me, growing up in the West, in America, you are exposed to a lot of different faiths, a lot of different people, a lot of different experiences. Um, so in high school, college, I kind of went around, I went about my religion just by label, right? You're labeled as Muslim. What does it mean to you? Not much. It's just, I grew up in a Muslim household, so I'm Muslim. My buddy grew up in a Christian household. What does that mean? Maybe church on Sundays if I sleep in, no biggie, but I'm still a Christian, right? And that's, I think, how a lot of people, unfortunately, identify themselves by faith. Now, did you ever try to hide 
or did not tell people that you were a Muslim? Yeah, man, that was that was a big part of it. I grew up in an area that was mostly Caucasian, mostly Christian. And when you're younger, you definitely it's it's hard to, you know, you don't want to stand out. Um, yeah. You already kind of physically stand out. I'm I'm a little bit olive colored. So <laughs> that for um, in an area where I grew up in was a, um, was a little unique. But, you know, you don't want to stand out too much. So, yeah, I definitely wanted to blend in. And it was almost embarrassing for me what was going on at home where my parents would pray five times a day and they were fasting and they, you know, we, we obviously don't consume alcohol and there was, uh, we don't consume pork or, um, you know, swine and all those things. So to me, it was, there were a lot of people, I guess it was, it was hard to understand why do you put these kind of limitations on yourself? So yeah, man, it's, it's unfortunately growing up, it's something that you have to deal with, but also you have to accept faith on your own terms. And I think that's also true of, of any religion. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now, now we'll, we'll put a pause on that. But we'll come back to that. Now, from my understanding, this is all I ever learned about Islam in high school. We had like one day in history class where we learned a little bit about it. And you can tell me if I've got any of this wrong. This is how I remember it. And then just from conversations you've had, you've really helped me understand these things. Yeah. So there's five basic things that a Muslim follows. Is that right? That is correct. The five pillars of Islam. Yes, sir. Okay. And praying five times a day, um, fasting during Ramadan, that's all I remember. I'm sorry. Oh, no, yeah. you have to go to Mecca. That's number three. Right, right. Right. Oh, Anything else? else? Uh, oh, uh, there is no God but Allah. That's one of them, right? Amazing, man. Listen, yeah, you got one more. Oh, you? I don't know the fifth one. I'm sorry. Okay, I will say that's impressive, man. Most people probably couldn't name. Maybe, maybe one of those probably praying five times a day might be the most quote-unquote popular one. But yeah, man, so... Yeah, man, you're, you're right on with the five pillars, so uh, missing one, but that's okay. So the fifth one you're missing is is called zakat. Now, zakat is the mandatory payment that Muslims make on an annual basis, and this is just to the needy or to the vulnerable or to other charitable needs, really. Um, and this is about 2.5% of your annual assets and wealth accumulated. So um, charity is a huge, huge part um, okay. of, of what Muslims do, yeah. See, that's very interesting because there's a, there's a Christian concept uh, called tithing mm. that's not focused on the needy that's focused on you give 10 percent of your income to a church mm. and i've always had issues with that because i feel personally it's better to give directly and to the source of the problem like if you see for example uh someone in need of a meal buy him a meal if you see someone in need of shoes go get him some shoes right. uh, giving to charities i've always thought that was more effective so that's very interesting yeah man and and you know, what's almost interesting about talking to people of, of different faiths, you learn that there's a lot of similarities and there's a lot of differences, too. And, and I think we can definitely learn to embrace the similarities. And also we should learn to embrace the differences. Um, because you know, yeah, go if ahead. everyone is the same, then we're, there's no that's boring, honestly. You know, what's what's beautiful about that? There's actually a verse in the Quran saying if God had willed that he would have made us of similar colors and similar tongues. But that's not what God willed. He actually created us all different to get to know one another. So, mm -hmm. and that is one of the signs of God, as He says in the Quran. So that's that's beautiful that you mentioned that. Yeah, it's we all are unique for a reason. God did not make a mistake when He made us different. And this whole idea, this whole concept that your skin color or your gender somehow makes you better or worse—that's that's just silly. That that makes no sense. 
and that that's absurd to me you should treat everyone the same you should treat everyone with dignity and respect because we're all people and most religions teach this christianity islam we're made in the image of god so that alone you should respect a person just for that yeah absolutely i mean if you if you boil things down with I would say the Abrahamic religions. I will say I'm a little bit less knowledgeable about Buddhism, excuse me, and Hinduism and other religions like that. I'm not as well versed, but with the Abrahamic religions, I mean, peace and getting together with your neighbors is some of the absolute foundations of our religion. So, you know, if we can't do that, then are we really practicing our religion to the best of our ability? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Um, now, I'll, I'll, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you were saying about the similarities. I can draw several similarities between the five pillars and and things in Christianity. In the Bible, there's a verse that says, pray without ceasing. There's a verse, there's huge sections where where Jesus, and and we'll get into how Jesus, because there's a big misconception, but we'll get into that later. (laughs) Uh, Jesus, a lot of his messaging in the Bible is give to the poor, give to the needy. One of my favorite Bible passages, Jesus and his disciples are are hanging out at the temple, and Mm. a bunch of rich people uh, give huge bags of gold to the temple, and then there's a really old woman who gives two, the equivalent of basically two cents to the temple. Mm. Jesus looks at his disciples and says, that woman there has given more than all the rich people combined because she gave from the heart, not gave to be noticed, but but gave to do something good. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, I mean, I don't know if that story is in the Quran or not. Not necessarily that story, but I, I certainly don't doubt it. I mean, Jesus is well spoken of in the Quran. We we are you familiar with Jesus in the Quran or not quite? Yeah, we're we're just about to talk about that because a lot of Christians get this idea that the Quran doesn't talk about Jesus. When, from my understanding, uh, he's one of the most important figures in the Quran. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, so the pro- we always say after the prophets' names. Um, we say peace be upon them. That is because we are sending our we send our blessings and peace upon those prophets of God who, you know, tried to convey the message to their people. So whenever I say Jesus, peace be upon him, or Muhammad, peace be upon him, or Moses, peace be upon them, um, understand that's like almost right. Say that again. I'm sorry. It's like a sign of reverence, respect. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So if you see me kind of saying peace be upon a little, a few too many times, just recognize it's it's a little bit um it's kind of just ingrained in me which is definitely a good thing yeah so, so but yeah tell of course, me more man. about jesus in the quran yeah so of course we we recognize jesus um the son of mary as one of the most important uh, prophets of god we do believe him to be a man and just a man meaning he is not um god in the flesh he cannot do anything without god's will but he certainly had a message out for the people. And that was to worship one God um, and one God alone. Now, of course, every prophet, like the prophet Moses splitting the sea and prophet Muhammad who split the moon, um, we also have prophet Jesus who, uh, peace be upon him, was also had miracles of his own. Mm-hmm. Now, turns wine into water. We have that. Did he heal the leper? We absolutely have that in the Quran as well. Did he... Uh, uh, bring life to those that were dead. We also have that in the Quran. Mm-hmm. Did you know that we actually had miracles in the Quran that are not mentioned in the Bible as well? Really? Like you had mentioned an interesting one I hadn't heard of. You said uh, the Prophet Muhammad split the moon. I haven't heard of that. Yeah, man. And I could definitely give you a link. I would say YouTube is a much better source than myself because mm-hmm. they go, um, if, you, if you look up 
splitting of the moon on YouTube. And it, I believe it's by Sheikh Uthman. You can, you can look him up, but he's um, an extremely knowledgeable person of Islam. And he, and he goes into that and explains it with, with sources. Um, but yeah, I would, I would definitely tell your audience to look into that. That's not really what I want to talk about only because it's something that I'm not as well versed. Okay, uh, yeah. Gotcha, yeah. No problem. But going back to the miracles of Jesus. Um, so the first miracle of Jesus is actually, uh, of course, his miraculous birth, right? From the, um, from the Virgin Mary. Mm -hmm. But also, I don't know if this is addressed in the Bible, but Mary is walking around with a baby in, in, around her town, right? And mm -hmm. people are accusing her of being unchaste. How is a woman of God, how did she give birth to a child, right? So what we have in the Quran, Jesus, or I'm sorry, Mary actually points to Jesus to try to, so he can defend her honor. And Jesus actually speaks as a baby and tells the people that he's a servant of God. He has been given a book, which is the gospel. He's a prophet and he's blessed wherever he will go. He's blessed the day he was born, the day he will die, and the day he is raised alive once again. Okay. So that is actually a, a miracle that is in the Quran that's not found in the Bible. So that's not in the Bible. And that brings me to a question. Um, in the Quran, is was Mary a virgin or, or no? She was, man. Yeah. She we we actually have a whole chapter in the Quran. I believe it's chapter 19 or 14. I want to say 19 of the Quran. Mm -hmm. is called chapter on mary and okay. it talks um about uh joseph actually in it and it talks about mary and then it talks about the miraculous birth of jesus and it goes a little bit further into um the stories of abraham i believe as well that's so interesting like, a lot I'll, i guarantee you no one I'll, well not no one i guarantee you many people will have no idea about that yeah i mean i, I would i would highly encourage your your, your listeners and whoever else to kind of learn about these things um yeah. Another you'll see the similarities for sure. Like I'm seeing, like you gave me a copy of the Quran and I've been looking through it. I'm noticing similarities between uh, with with Judaism, Christianity, and it blows me away how much connections there are or how many connections. Now, the funny thing is, is one of the articles of faith as a Muslim is to believe that God has given books to previous previous prophets. So the Quran was revealed to the Prophet Muhammad. The gospel was really uh, was, excuse me, revealed to the Prophet Jesus. The Torah was revealed to the prophet Moses, and the Psalms was revealed to David. So, uh, peace be upon them all, of course. So, you'll see so many similarities between all of these books because the source is the same, and that's from God Almighty. So, the, again, the, the message has never changed, um, and, and of course, in the Muslims' view, and that is that we have to worship one God and one God alone. So, of course, you'll see a bunch of over, uh, overlapping, and at the end of the day, we are all Abrahamic religions. That we all trace our roots back to um, Abraham. Okay. Okay. So, what what would you say is like the core? Uh, we all we all serve the one God. Is that what you would say is like the core message of Islam, or what would you say it is? If I really had to boil it down to one thing, I would say that as a Muslim, you your duty is to submit yourself to the will of God. Which means, how do you submit yourself, right? That means that you have to do everything for God's pleasure, whether that's um, giving to charity, whether that's praying, whether that's going to medical school and becoming a doctor so one day you can serve the creation of God, which is your fellow human beings, whether that's making a good amount of money so you can give to charity and be the best representative of your faith. It's having that kind of that, that God consciousness that you always have on the, on the top of your head at all times, um, but more so than anything, recognizing that God is one and God is unique 
and God, um, we depend on God for everything, and God is not dependent on anything. So God is completely separate from his creation, which um, all the prophets that I have mentioned, um, Jesus included, uh, we, we believe, of course, is a separate creation of God, a, a messenger and a prophet. But like I said, we don't believe him to be God um, in the flesh himself. So, so I've got a question for you. I hate to, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, go ahead, man. Okay, so um, Christianity considers Jesus to be God. Uh, so does Islam consider Muhammad to be separate as well? Or what's the situation there like? That, yeah, that's a great message. So, or, excuse me, that's, that's a great question, Mike. Mm-hmm. So we believe that the Prophet Muhammad was the last and final messenger of God. But again, he is a human just like the previous prophets that God has sent. The, the, core, um, the core duties of the messengers was to convey the message to the people. What is that message? That there is no God worthy of worship, but the one God alone. And that message has never changed from Adam, Moses, Noah, Jesus, David, Lot. All these prophets came with the same core fundamental message. So the Prophet Muhammad was a human, and he lived, and he died, just like every human and every creation of God will have a start date, will have an end date. But God, of course, is the ever-living, the everlasting, the the never uh, was never born, and will never die. Mm -hmm. And you see a lot of those same characteristics applied to God in the Bible. Now, here's another question I have. In the Old Testament, in a lot of passages I've read in the Bible, God comes off very angry. Um, is that how, how is God in, uh, in the Quran? How does he come across? So that's a, that's a good question because I will say most people would want to give you the answer that God is all loving and he loves his creation, which he absolutely does. But there has to be a sense of fear from our, for, from, for our creator. For example, if we had too much hope and love that whatever i do in this world i'm sure god will enter me into heaven well we need that element of fear in that that questioning that drive to know what does god want from me, right because not everyone in our belief will be granted heaven there this this world was created as a test for us so of course god described himself in the quran as the most compassionate and the most merciful more than anything else in, in on uh, in the quran God described himself as the most compassionate and the most for, uh, and the most merciful and the most forgiving. So as many times as we will mess up in this world, God asks us for one thing. And that is to keep coming back to him, to recognize our faults and to recognize that he is in control of everything and he is our creator. So God certainly is an all-loving God and all-compassionate. But he's also God that we should fear because he is ultimately our creator and we do have to serve him. And in Christianity, God, the fear element is, is very present because, and this is how growing up for me was, it's, there was a big emphasis on hell. If you don't follow God, you're going to hell. If you do the wrong things, you're going to hell. If you don't constantly ask for forgiveness, you're going straight to hell. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really familiar with the concepts of heaven and hell as they are in the Muslim world. Could you explain about that for a little bit? Yeah, so we certainly do believe in, in eternal heaven and eternal hell. But uh, we also do believe in a day of judgment um, or the hour is, is another uh, name for it. And that's at a time where all of creation, all of mankind and all, all of God's creation will be 
um, we'll come up to God and we will have a day of, of, of judgment. And of course, justice will be served on that day. Um, the, the believers and who did God's will will be granted eternal heaven. And those that also uh, rebelled against God's revelations, they will be given eternal hell. So you follow God's word um, to the best of your ability, truly, um, and you enter heaven. And, and again, also, if you rebel against God's word, you do have eternal hell. And, and that's something that, that we believe in. Actually, we are very similar in Christian with Christians in that way as well. Oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned the day of judgment. That's also, a, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the book of Revelation, the yeah. last book of the Bible. There's a whole passage about the final judgment at, only in the book of Revelation. I'm not sure if this is how it is in the Quran, but in the book of Revelation, you have God on the throne. Everyone gets judged by God, and then God turns to Jesus and asks them, basically, if if they believed in him and if their name is written in the book of life. And then Jesus answers yes or no, hmm. and God sends them heaven or hell based on Jesus's answer, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, I was, that was something I was not quite familiar with. Our, our, so we believe God is the ultimate judge. He does not turn to anyone else um, to ask for their judgment. So God is, we believe, is the all-knowing, um, and and He, like I said, He's completely in control of everything. So we don't believe that God uh, will ask the Prophet Muhammad or will ask Jesus or will ask any of the prophets um, for permission or anything to enter someone um, into heaven. That that's now, I might have gotten that wrong because there's lots of ways to interpret that, but that's just sure. one of the interpretations that I'm familiar with. Yeah. No. Well, I completely understand. Yeah, we, we do believe really if, to. To kind of just keep things very basic, uh, we believe that God will be the ultimate judge on the on the day of judgment, um, and will be given, like I said, either eternal hell or eternal heaven, based on what we've done on on this earth and, and this worldly life that we live. Okay. Now, there's something you said earlier that I wanted to circle back to. You said um, that the that there's only one God that's deserving of worship. There's a story I wanted to tell you. So I learned this in a theology class, and the creation story in the Bible. A lot of people take it literally now, but when it was written, it wasn't intended to be taken literally. And it was actually very different. Like if you study the history of all the creation stories of all the different religions around that time and the time before that, the creation story in the Bible is the only one where creation of man is a good thing. In other stories, you have creation of man being a mistake, you have it being a bad thing, and you have creation coming out of a violent struggle uh, between multiple gods and then humans are either an accident or a mistake. Whereas mm. in the Bible, uh, God said, and man was good. Like man was an intentional thing created and the best thing that God created. So what is the creation story in the Quran like? That, that's another great question. And um, most, much like Christians, we don't believe that God makes, made mistakes, right? So God knew that he would create humans one day and we would, be on this earth one day in that Adam and Eve would mess up one day and be sent down to earth. This was all God's decree, right? So we don't believe that anything was ever out of God's control. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one of the amazing verses in the Quran, actually, uh, it shows us that the angels, when they found out that God was created, was going to create a uh, mankind, they asked God, are you going to create a creation that sheds blood and causes corruption on planet earth? And God tells the angels, I know what you do not know. And I think from that, we can take a big lesson, which is 
God is the all-wise, the all-knowledgeable. And there is evil that we see with our own eyes. But at the end of the day, we have a pixel of what's going on. And God ultimately has the whole picture. There's so many times where, you know, we'll look around us and say, my goodness, look what is going on on planet Earth. So much corruption, corruption, so much injustice. But, you know, ultimately, God has the whole picture, like I said. And at the end of the day also, or I guess at the end of the world, really, there is a day of judgment, right? And that is where all ultimate justice will be served. God will not uh, do any injustice to anyone. So people that may get away with bad doings in this world, whether that be Hitler who killed 6 million Jews, he's not going to get away and he's not being entered into heaven because he believed, you know, Jesus uh, died for his sins. I mean, at least not from my perspective. I don't know if anyone else has a different perspective for that. Um, so ultimately, you know, God will be the ultimate judger of all of us. So hopefully that answered your question. It so does, much. yeah. And I actually really like that verse. And the way you explained that I thought was really beautiful. Here's how I understand that and how I interpreted that. Because I, I hadn't heard this until you said it. Hmm. The, the way I interpret that is God looks at all of human history and makes a decision that, yes, there's bad things. Yes, terrible things will be committed, but it's worth it. And the good things far outweigh the bad thing that's just how i'm interpreting it is that is that accurate i think that's that's beautiful and really it's it's acknowledging that no matter what we think on this earth no matter what we call evil and good god we have to submit to knowing that god is the all-wise the all-knowledgeable so yes there's there's things that happen around us all the time that we find very unjust but ultimately god will be the ultimate judger and and you know he's in control and he knows much better than us and really, we could just leave it at that. <laughs> you said you had just uh, moved to America shortly before the September 11th attacks, but you said you were pretty young and didn't really understand all that was going on. So as you grew up, did you ever experience discrimination or, or hate uh, for being a Muslim that you're aware of? You know, I mentioned to you that I, for most of my life, tried to hide the fact that I was Muslim because... It was always looked at something peculiar or different or, you know, the other kind. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I tried to hide that most of my life, but I, I know my parents definitely have gone through it. Um, my mom, especially reason being, she's very physically, visibly a Muslim, mm -hmm. right? She wears a hijab around her, around her head. Um, so unfortunately you, you will have people that will say things and, and treat her differently and be, you know, really just discriminatory, but I, I'm always amazed by her, the smile she keeps on her face. And really she keeps on her face because she knows that she has the privilege of being a representative to her religion, to people around her that don't know much about it. So even in the face of um, discrimination, in the face of, um, you know, people saying Prejudice. things to her, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. She she's able to keep that smile because something much higher has driven her. You know. So that, I'm always amazed awesome. by, by by that. That that's awesome. I love how people in minority groups are able to just hold on and stay secure in their faith and their beliefs. And let me just say right now, uh, blaming an entire group of people for the actions of a few people is completely silly. And you can't blame all Muslims for 9-11. You can't blame all Christians for the crusade. 
it's just absolutely silly. The actions of a few people cannot be used to represent an entire group of, like you said, close to 2 billion people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think really when it comes down to it, if you really want to educate yourself on what a religion thinks, I think the best direct knowledge of that will come from the scripture, right? It's, you know, we people are created as imperfect. Our cultures are certainly imperfect as well. But we believe what we do have that's perfect is, is our religion, our God-given divine revelation. And if you want to judge what we follow, you know, I will certainly try to be the best representative I can be. I also know that I will fall short. So don't judge me based on what I do because I will fall short. But look at what I try to follow. Here's my source of um, what I try to follow, my, my revelation, and see if this makes sense to you. And let's, you know, let's both try to do, take the best out of this and, and um, really make this world a better place at the end of the day. There was a, a phrase that I heard from a certain pastor I had growing up, and it was, if you see a need, then meet the need. And I was taught, and this is something that I really believe in, I look for problems. I look for things that are out of place. And I'm not saying this about me or anything, but if I see that there's a problem, like I'll do my best to find a solution for it. I want to leave every place better. Than, and you're the exact same way. Mm. And I think that's a very good trait to have. And I think if more people had this traits, had those traits, then the world would be in a lot better. Place. Yeah, absolutely, man. And it takes a certain level of um, selfishness, uh, if that's a word. I think I said that correctly. But yeah, I, hope I think you, so, yeah. I, I, that's maybe the, the longest word I've, I've ever said, selfishness. Yeah. That's probably pushing 15 letters or so, huh? Dude, play that in Scrabble. You'll get like 50 points. If it's a word, yeah, certainly. It might not be, like I said, but hopefully the message came across. But it, it does take a certain level of understanding your place on this earth and understanding why you are here and what your ultimate goal and purpose is. And it's not to maximize money or to um, have the best time and party the most and get the, mo get the most amount of girls or anything like that. That's not our purpose in this life. And really, those things also will not give you ultimate happiness and peace exactly it all runs out you can do all the drugs you want you can sleep with all the women you want but it all runs out yeah i mean there, there's only one thing that's unlimited in this world and, that, and that's gone right so everything else will have will have limit to it and i think you know once you chase stop chasing the things that do have an expiration date or have a limit or will die one day then you're you have to turn to the thing the only thing that's eternal in this universe so that's very interesting and that leads me right into my second question about how this affected your personal life. Has you said that you tried to, to hide the fact that you were Muslim. And I noticed that when you were a student, every time you never missed the prayers, you did them every time. So has that, how did you get into the habit of doing the prayers every time? And could you go a little bit into the significance of the daily prayers? Yeah, absolutely, man. So um, I will say I, I, it takes a certain amount of, I guess I touched earlier on, faith is a very um, unique thing to each and every person. And yeah, I would say, person. yeah, and, and I would say I kind of came into my own at a certain point in my life where I really had to understand, you know, what is going on on this planet? Like, why am I here? Is it to be the best person that I can be, period? Is that is that it? Because that can look different for everyone. I'm sure um, I'll use an extreme again, but Hitler. Well, you know, thought he was being the best person he could be by doing what he did. I'm sure many other people would think otherwise, right? And and so 
I had to understand what is my duty on this earth. And I really had to do a deep delve, um, a deep delve, excuse me, into kind of what do different religions preach? What is the core message of different religions? What makes sense to me? What logically sits well with me? Um, and I kind of looked around, of course, being raised in a Muslim household and seeing the way my parents would would operate and, and go about their, about their faith. It was, it was obviously the first natural, um, I guess naturally would be the first religion I would go to and look for answers. And I mean, the I would say the thing that really keeps me connected strongest to my faith is my five daily prayers, because this helps me acknowledge that above all, you know, every single day, I will be praying. That is that is my connection that I have with God every single day, five times a day. When I wake up at 530 in the morning on a Sunday when most people are probably sleeping in. And of course, I do not say this to boast at all. Mm -hmm. um, only God is a judge and, you know, God knows my intentions. But, you know, when, when we're doing that, I, I feel like I have that connection with God. And the last thing I do before I sleep is once again pray. And that gives me ultimate peace because it's I know that. Again, you know, no matter what I do in that day, it might be a bummy day. Maybe I just sat on the couch all day. Maybe I got nothing done, but I did not lose that connection with God. And that that for me just gave me peace and purpose. And, and that's why it's just so important for me to fulfill my five daily prayers. That's that's really awesome. And there was something else that you had talked to me about uh, back when we had had conversations together. And this is something that I really that was really made an impression on me. Uh, the connection, not just with God, but with the hundreds of millions of other Muslims, because you all pray at the same time. And I feel like that connection is missing in Christianity because there's nothing similar that I can think of in Christianity. But knowing that not only are you connected with God, but you're connected with millions of other people who are praying at the same time as you are. That's got to feel that's got to help. Right. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It's it's, you know, Islam didn't come. For a certain sect of people, it didn't come for a certain color. It came for all of mankind. The message from Prophet Muhammad was for all of humankind, not just to the Arabs, not to a certain sect or country. This is for everyone. The message is universal, right? Mm -hmm. So, I guess really one of the we, we touched on the pilgrimage to Mecca. One of the most beautiful parts of that is you have nearly 2.5 million Muslims, give or take, every single year that visit the city of Mecca during a, a kind of a few brief days in the year that, that we consider very holy. And you have people of different colors, different tongues, different wealth statuses, and they all actually dress in the same plain clothes, which is just white cloth on top and white cloth on bottom. So you cannot tell the poor man from the rich man. You can't tell who's, who works as what. You you are literally wearing kind of bare minimum covering all over your, or excuse me, the bare minimum, sorry, the most basic co um, covering, but of course you're you're covering your whole body, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously. But it's very simplistic, basically, is, is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. So everyone's uh, like, uh, there's like a uniform. A very uniform, so you can't you can't really tell who's rich, who's poor. This is, and it's one of those beautiful, beautiful things because all around you, you will see people from all over the world in the city of Mecca, and I would encourage your listeners. To, to just look up um, the pilgrimage to Mecca, and you'll see pictures and, of people in just white cloth bearing very, very simple things from all over the world there for the sole purpose of the worship of God. And it's really beautiful to me. There's something else that that reminds me of. Everyone wearing the same clothes so you can't differentiate who is who, 
that's in a way how God looks at people. He doesn't look at you if you're rich or poor or if what job you have or what gender you are. Hmm. So that's really beautiful. I, I think that's beautifully well stated, uh, Mike, and really connection. I didn't make it. I, I really have always thought of it as kind of what do I see, but I never thought about maybe what, you know, we see what the same way that God observes us, which is I don't look at exactly what you're wearing or what you consume or what you own, but I look at much deeper than that. What is in your heart? Yeah. One of my, uh, one of my favorite passages of scripture in the Bible, uh, I believe it's in the book of Samuel, first or second Samuel. Um, God tells the prophet Samuel to go find a king, uh, to go find King David. And uh, all these really strong muscular men come out and Samuel looks at each of them and prays and says, God, is this the man? And God says no to all of them. And Samuel says to God, God, I've, I've spoken with all of the men and you've tell, you're telling me none of them are the king. Uh, what should I do? And God said, there's another man that isn't here. Go ask uh, the boy's father and make sure he has gathered all of his kids. And the, and the dad said, well, there is one more son, my youngest, but he's not really important. He's just a shepherd. He's very small. He won't be of any use to you. And God said, that's the one. And everyone was very confused. And the prophet Samuel's like, God, are you sure? Just a boy. He's very small. He's not very strong. And God said, I don't look on the outside. I look at the heart. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's powerful, man. And that's how we, we should look at each other. And, and from that, too, I've learned I can never look at someone and I cannot be a judge of someone because I know the things that I have done and I know my own faults. So how will I ever try to pass a judgment on someone else when me, my own, I know I have my own faults and I'm not perfect. So, of course, I will maybe try to advise. I'll try to, you know, say things to encourage others. But in, in the purest intentions of mine, I will never pass a judgment on someone because that is not my role. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Marwan, thank you so much for coming. I've, I've learned a lot. I hope the listeners have learned a lot. Uh one final question before we close. Do you have a favorite uh, passage in the Quran or any parts of the Quran that you would encourage people to read? Hmm. Wow. To choose one verse from the Quran that I would want everyone. I don't know if I've ever been posed that question before because, I mean, the Quran is not, of course, you'll see on beautiful, some people's wallpapers, they'll have a beautiful verse and all that, but the Quran as a whole is something that really needs, you know, you need, to, you need to read it for your own and to ponder on it. One of the beautiful things that I love about the Quran really is it, it challenges you intellectually and it asks you to ponder on things on your own. It asks, you know, it, it challenges you to think about, it'll pose questions for you and it will not give you answers. It'll say, for example, just talking about humankind, it'll say, did nothing create them or did they create themselves? Asking people that do not believe in a creator, did, did they come out of nothing or do they think that they created themselves? And that's the that's a, an example of a verse right there, um, chapter 52, um, uh, verse 35. You and, seem like you have this thing memorized. You know all of them. <laughs> well, I wish, man. But funny enough, there are uh, millions of people around the world that actually have memorized the full Quran from page to page. Um, and that is one of the ways that we keep the Quran preserved from um, over 1,400 years, 1400 years ago when it was. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very, very impressive. And um, Is that something you'd like to do one day? Absolutely. That is something that, you know, I believe should be a, a lifelong goal for everyone to strive in. And, um, I you know, I pray that dedication that would take, you know, uh, this world, everything we do takes a lot of dedication in this world. So I think I can 
squeeze in one more thing for the sake of God. Yeah. Well, that's a really good outlook to have on it. Yeah, man, of course. All right. So, so your recommendation is just read the whole thing. Do you have anywhere that people can read it or access it? Yeah, man. So there's actually um, a phone number that provides free copies of the Quran for anyone that is interested. Um, it's one eight four four my Quran, which is one eight four four six nine seven eight seven two six. There, they'll actually mail you a free copy of the Quran. Um, and the reason being, it's because we want to spread um, a message. We want people to be knowledgeable, to understand that you know what the beliefs are of again 1.6, 1.7, or 1.8 billion people around the world. What do they? What are their core fundamental beliefs? And you never know, you might read it and say, I believe this is the truth, this has spoken to me. And from there, you know, you're on a whole new journey. And, and that's that's life for everyone. I mean, life is just <laughs> a, a bunch of little roads that lead to, an, you know, a lifelong journey. So go ahead and pick up your free Quran, see where it takes you, um, open your heart. And at the end of the day, I, I pray for guidance for all of us, man. I'm, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. I'll never meet someone that is perfect. And the only one that can truly, truly guide us to, to perfection and as close to it as we can is God Almighty. So that's all I ask for. Well, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, everyone, if you're interested, if you're listening, go get a copy. Yeah, why not? Even if you're not, even if you don't believe yet, or even if you're not interested, get a copy anyway. No harm in reading it. And at the very least, you'll learn something, and maybe you'll even get a life-changing moment out of it. Yeah, buddy, I, I appreciate your time, man. You you are so easy to talk to. I I, I just appreciate your time, man, and I, I think I have to come back and do another episode with you. I would actually really love for you to come back and do another episode, more specific, like deep dives into this, because I grew up and I grew up so engrossed in in the Christian life. I could tell you so much about the Bible. Mm. It's so and I just that's the only religion I really know about. And I was very in a bubble almost where if I was like the first person I met who wasn't a Christian, I was blown away. I was shocked. I was like, what do you think? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's funny, man. And I think it, it definitely you have to learn to understand um, that, there, that there are people that are different from you, and whether you accept what they believe or not is is certainly not the question here. But I think it is incumbent on everyone to learn and to understand where the people are coming from. Um, you know, I'm certainly not imposing my views on you, and I oh, you yeah. certainly have not done that on me either. And but we definitely understand each other better, and all that will do for us is to help build bridges. And I think these conversations are important. Um, for everyone, they do make an impact. So, yeah, thank you so much for coming. Thank you, everyone who's listened. And me and Marwan will be back to discuss more, 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 more Islam, more religion, more all kinds of stuff, really. So, I hope you stay tuned for that. Yeah, thank you, buddy.